Wisdom, the final frontier to true knowledge. Welcome to Wisdom Trek, where our mission is to create a legacy of wisdom, to seek out discernment and insights, to boldly grow where few have chosen to grow before. Hello, my friend. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, your captain on our journey to increase wisdom and create a living legacy. Thank you for joining us today as we explore wisdom on our second millennium of podcast. This is day 1166 of our trek, and it is Worldview Wednesday. Creating a biblical worldview is important in order to have a proper perspective on today's current events. To establish a biblical worldview, it is required that we also have a proper understanding of God and His Word. On our Worldview Wednesday episodes, we are in a series which we are covering another detailed review of a book from one of today's most prominent Hebrew scholars, Dr. Michael S. Heiser. We are taking a deep dive and will share Dr. Heiser's insights into the question, which is also the title of his book, What Does God Want? And today we'll look at God's Forever Family, Part 2. As we continue our book review, as part of God's Forever Family, we will first focus on the everlasting identity with God. Today, as part of His kingdom, we are to be imagers of God. That is, others should see God through us. We cannot fully portray God today, but we will someday be transformed and made like Jesus. 1 John chapter 3, verse 2 declares, Dear friends, we are already God's children, but He has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. But we do know that we will be like Him, for we will see Him as He really is. The same thought is expressed in different ways in the following verses. Romans chapter 8, verse 29. For God knew his people in advance. He chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. Next, Philippians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives, and we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. He will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into a glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Next, 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 18. So all of us who have had that veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord. And the Lord, who is the Spirit, makes us more and more like Him as we are changed into His glorious image. Our destiny, which is already in process, is to become completed imagers of God in the manner like the ultimate image of God, which is Jesus. The Bible finishes our story with resurrection and transformation. We are raised to everlasting life and given a glorified body akin to the one Jesus had after his resurrection. Paul refers to it as an immortal body in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Dr. Heiser's favorite passage on the final destiny and glorification is a little more obscure. It's a scene in the book of Hebrews where Jesus introduces us to God and God to us. Jesus stands before the congregation, or the heavenly sons of God. He confesses boldly that he feels no shame in having us as siblings in the family, and then says to God and the supernatural members of his family. This is in Hebrews chapter 2, verses 11 and 12. So now Jesus and the one who makes holy have the same father. That is why Jesus is not ashamed to call them his brothers and sisters. For he said to God, I will proclaim your name to my brothers and sisters. I will praise you among your assembled people. 
This is your ultimate destiny, becoming a permanent, legitimate member of God's family. In the end, you belong in God's family. It's what He wanted from the very beginning. That is what the whole creation is yearning for. In addition to the everlasting identity with God, He also desires an everlasting partnership with you. Have you ever had a conversation about what life in the new creation or heaven will be like? I've heard a lot of people describe it as an endless worship service or an endless Q&A session with Jesus or a glorified church meet and greet. And that last one would certainly frighten most introverts. While we could infer some things by imaging what life in a perfected Eden might be like, the Bible really doesn't say a whole lot about the experience. And what it does say defies what we've listed above. Revelation chapter 2 verse 26 tells us, To all the victorious who obey me to the very end, to them I will give authority over all the nations. In Revelation chapter 3 verse 21, Those who are victorious will sit with me on my throne, just as I was victorious and sat with my father on his throne. In 1 Corinthians chapter 6 verse 3, Don't you realize that you will judge angels? So you should surely be able to resolve ordinary disputes in life. What do these verses really mean? We can start by asking who rules the nations now. The answer is the fallen sons of God allotted to the nations at Babel. In other words, the nations at this moment have not yet fully or even mostly been reclaimed by God. The expansion of the kingdom of God is a gradual process as we've noted, a process which has already begun but not yet complete. When the process is complete in the end of days, believers will judge angels. We will pass judgment on the fallen sons of God by replacing them. We will rule the nations with Jesus, our King and our brother. According to Dr. Heiser, when he speaks about this idea, he will get certain inevitable questions. What task will we have? Will some believers have more authority than other believers? Why be another believer's boss? How can we all be rulers? Do our works dictate who is over whom? These are all understandable questions from people who live in an imperfect, fallen world. Our perspective is tainted by a flawed, damaged world which we experience. But the Bible doesn't portray the final destiny as a boss-employee relationship. It's a father-child relationship. We, God's children, alongside our siblings, whether human or divine. We image God together now, the way we were intended to do. The brother we will look up to most is Jesus. All of God's children have been made like Him, the ultimate imager of our Father. The point is that our rule in the New Eden isn't a hierarchy, it's a family partnership. When all the family members are glorified, the need for supervisory hierarchy disappears. To be honest, we just can't conceive anything like this. We live in a corrupt world. God wants us, He wants you, to experience life with Him in the way that was intended to be. And someday we will. As the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9, This is what the scriptures mean when they say, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love Him. Well, over the past several weeks, we have explored, What does God want? Now you know what the Bible is really about. And the answer to Dr. Heiser's book title is, He Wants You. It is an amazing story. You probably are wondering, well, where do we go from here? There are some important concepts to think about in light of our story. 
Early in the story, Dr. Heiser wrote about Abraham. The Apostle Paul used Abraham as an example of believing loyalty in Romans chapter 4, verses 1-12. through 12. Abraham believed and was accepted by God before he obeyed any rules. The rules were about showing he believed. They did not replace belief. Belief or faith was the one essential thing. Loyalty to that belief, to that God, is something that we'll explore a little bit later. Today we call this concept discipleship. Belief and loyalty are two distinct things. They are related, but not interchangeable. The same is true of salvation and discipleship. The paragraph that I just read is the roadmap for the rest of the way through Dr. Heiser's book. The phrase, believing loyalty, will be our guide. Let's first consider believing. In the next section, which we will explore in subsequent weeks, we are going to discuss the gospel. We will explore what it is and what it isn't. We'll learn what it means, what the content of the gospel is according to the Bible. That's important because believing the gospel is how we become members of God's family. It's how we are saved. Salvation is by faith. It's the way God has provided salvation, the path he created for joining his family. That all centers around what Jesus did. Coupled with believing is loyalty. In the last section of the book, we're going to explore discipleship. Disciple is a term that means follower. Being a disciple of Jesus means following him or imitating him. Jesus said in John 14 verse 9, Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Jesus lived in a way that showed he loved God, that he was loyal to the Father and his plan. Discipleship is how we show we love Jesus and love God. It's not about earning God's love. It's how we thank Jesus for accomplishing God's plan to save us. It's not about replacing or supplementing what Jesus did for our salvation. It's how we show we believe in what he did for our salvation, and that can be found in James chapter 2. As I said earlier, belief and loyalty are two related but distinct things. They are not interchangeable. The same is true for salvation and discipleship. We believe the gospel for our salvation. We show our loyalty to our Savior by being his disciple. And that will conclude our lesson for this week from Dr. Heiser's book, What Does God Want? Next Worldview Wednesday, our focus will turn to practical steps that we can implement as we explore what is the gospel, or we could say what is the good news. I believe that you'll find each Worldview Wednesday an interesting topic to consider as we build our biblical worldview. Tomorrow we will continue with our three-minute humor nugget that will provide you with a bit of cheer, which will help you to lighten up and live a rich and satisfying life. So encourage your friends and family to join us and then come along with us tomorrow for another day of Wisdom Trek, Creating a Legacy. If you'd like to listen to any of the past 1,165 treks or read the wisdom journals, they are all available at wisdom-trek.com. And I encourage you to subscribe to Wisdom Trek on your favorite podcast player so that each day's trek will be downloaded to you automatically. And thank you so much for allowing me to be your guide, your mentor, but most importantly, I am your friend as I serve you through the Wisdom Trek podcast and journal. And as we take this trek of life, Together, let us always live abundantly, love unconditionally, listen intentionally, learn continuously, lend to others generously, 
lead with integrity, then leave a living legacy each day. I am Guthrie Chamberlain, reminding you to keep moving forward, enjoy your journey, and then create a great day every day. See you tomorrow.